welcome, and thanks for listening to AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. Today's episode is Fertilizer Sustainable Path Forward. Here's your host, Laura Hankey. All right. Thanks, Brian. Well, good morning, everyone. As you know, yesterday was Earth Day. And so in honor of that, we thought that it would be a great opportunity to visit with those involved in the commercial fertilizer industry. And so today we're talking about some of those sustainability efforts over the past couple of decades, um, both through technology-driven efficiencies as well as best management practices. So as Brian said, here with us this morning to do that is Meg and Ginny. Um, Thanks for joining us here this morning, guys. Thanks for having us. All right. Well, every week we like to start off by giving our guests the opportunity to share a little bit about their respective roles within their organization. So, uh, Jennifer, if you want to go ahead and kick us off here this morning, that would be great. Sure. Um, well, welcome, everyone. Um, thanks for joining us today. Uh, my name is um, Jenny or Jennifer Martin, either way. Um, and uh, I am the Director of Strategic Communications at the Fertilizer Institute. And if you aren't familiar with TFI, um, we are the voice of the fertilizer industry in Washington. So we advocate on behalf of the industry on um, various um, policies and positions. Um, I've been working um, with TFI for the last five years, and I've had a number of different roles, but primarily I've been focused on working within our four on nutrient stewardship and sustainability efforts um, from a communication standpoint. Um, And over the past several years, we've really been working on how we can really best tell the story around the benefits of using the four on nutrient stewardship program to encourage adoption at the farm level. And then uh, lately, we've started to think about how we can best tell the story of fertilizer to a broader audience. And we hope to increase awareness of what fertilizer is, what the benefits of the industry mean in the context of global food security, um, to our national economy, um, and and just the food supply in general. So um, it's been an interesting five years working with TFI. Um, No day is ever the same. um, And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, great to hear. Well, when you talk about working with a broader audience, you know, we had Nutrients for Life on here a couple of months ago to share the story of of fertilizer and what they're doing in the classroom. So we'll talk about that here in in just a bit. But you guys are doing a fantastic job of of really reaching that broader broader audience. Uh, Meg, same question. Tell us about what a day with the AGI fertilizer team looks like for you. Hi, and thanks for having me this morning. Um, My whole day is structured around providing solutions for our customers. Um, I'm on the sales team and have been for the last 12 years with the AGI Fertilizer Systems Division of AGI. Um, I get to help my customers design and lay out new or existing fertilizer plants. Um, And that's basically what I get to do every day, travel and see them in person and or you know help them over the phone we've all with covid definitely had to adapt Um, we also we manufacture equipment to unload truck rail barges and ships to get dry fertilizer from those vessels to a dry fertilizer shed for the retailer and then dry fertilizer back to those vessels Um, we also manufacture four different styles of blend systems that vary from batch to continuous blend And with those product offerings, my favorite part of my job is working with our customers to come up with a solution for them that best fits their goals for what their new project is. 
Yeah, great to hear. So, you know, it sounds like this morning we are kind of covering the gamut from manufacturing, from communications, um, you know, at the top level to manufacturing, to retailer, all the way down to the farmers who are using the end product. So um, great conversation opportunity here this morning. Well, Jenny, talking about some of those communications opportunities uh, around sustainability, what are some of TFI's top priorities that your team is working on communicating? Sure. Um, so over the past year, uh, TFI has, um, well, I should say we um, have a new CEO who has started within the past year. So it's been a great time to sort of take a step back and reevaluate our strategic plan um, and uh, think about where communication fits within that strategic plan as well. So um, our three main pillars that we focus on are a healthy environment, a strong industry, and a productive public policy. Um, and, and within that, um, we are focusing on some strategic, key strategic initiatives. Um, we have um, gathered some member input to sort of evaluate um, what those initiatives should focus on. And um, at the top of that, we saw that telling that story of fertilizer really comes at the top. So um, focusing on the industry, really important that we share that story. Um, nutrient stewardship issues and sustainability do continue to be a top priority. Um, so we're working on developing sustainability initiatives that will assist our members, um, whether they are in the manufacturing, the wholesale blending or retailer space to really um, meet their own sustainability goals. Um, we're looking at assessing um, the adoption of for our practices. Um, and that's really important as we then evaluate our communication efforts around our stewardship um, uh, stewardship initiative. Um, and then I, I'll probably touch on this a little bit later, but we have been developing some case studies and research into the four R's um, that we can provide as communication tools for fertilizer retailers and crop advisors as they work with farmers um, on fertilizer application. Um, if we look at our public communication, that's really where that story of fertilizer comes in. Um, and here, I just think there's a lot of misperception about our industry um, amongst the public, but sometimes even within agriculture. Uh, I think sometimes we get lumped into a chemical category. Um, and then there's also a lot of talk about organic versus conventional, conventional or manufactured fertilizers. Um, but the analogy I want to hit home on in our communication efforts is that, you know, just as we have to eat meals every day to get nutrients in our body, so do plants. And that's the role of fertilizer, whichever form it comes in. Um, and so it's important that we're able to fertilize crops in a sustainable way, but still allowing us to feed a growing population. And um, I didn't know this before coming to work at TFI, but two out of every five people actually owe their lives to the use of modern fertilizers. Uh, and that's just an incredible impact that one industry can have uh, really on humanity. Um, so as we tell the story, I think innovation is going to be really a key part of this story. Um, there's a lot of innovation happening in manufacturing um, and in, in application. Um, and I just think that that is not widely understood um, amongst our various audiences. Um, and then if we look at sort of our education efforts, you referenced new 
the Nutrients for Life Foundation earlier. Um, that is our foundation that really works um, currently within the school system to educate um, so, uh, the, educate young people about the benefit of fertilizer, the role of healthy soils, how we grow our food. And I just think that that's really important. Um, we are currently also looking at, you know, maybe expanding the role of that foundation a bit, um, focusing on educating the workforce within the fertilizer industry, um, and actually looking at, you know, how can we um, aid in workforce development so we can educate and retain the next generation of leaders within the industry. Um, and we wanna be a repository for business tools, best practices and resources that help our members with all sorts of business challenges and opportunities. I think this past year has shown us that um, we're never always prepared for what is gonna come, uh, come next. And so we wanna be an aid for our members um, in helping them with those challenges. Absolutely. And that was such an important point that you referenced, you know, two out of five people owing their lives to fertilizer. I don't know how you tell a more powerful story than that, Jenny. Um, you know, fertilizer is just such an important necessity and it often does get a, a bad rap, but numbers don't lie. We can't feed seven and a half billion people without commercial fertilizer today. Um, so the work that you guys are doing is just so important. Well, Meg, I know that sustainability is a key initiative for AGI as well. Can you talk a little bit about some of the technologies and the advancements that the company has moved forward to help achieve those initiatives? Yes, absolutely. Um, AGI has invested heavily in our technology. And if you aren't aware, AGI is made up of 37 divisions around the world that encompass our entire food production process divided into five different platforms. And that includes fertilizer, grain, seed, feed, and food. And when we talk about sustainability, we are contributing on many levels. Um, we are making sure that fertilizer is handled properly from ship, barge, truck, and rail. Uh, we want to make sure that the retailer is providing the grower with the best possible prescription blend that the grower needs to put the required nutrients back into the soil to produce the highest yield on their crop. Um, and then AGI's corporate initiative to combine software and technology allows us to be in line with the four R's, right time, right place, right source, and right rate. And our automation blend systems, declining weight or otherwise, are getting the farmer the prescription blends needed for increased yields our technology platforms are allowing more efficient use of MPKs and product additives to meet ERPs and input challenges today. And this product offering isn't an option anymore, but a requirement because we're dealing with a higher educated retailer and grower today. And they want a more efficient and better traceable food production system that can be offered. They want the, high, they want the best. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Ginny, Meg is obviously speaking from the perspective and the goals of the AGI team, um, but I think that certainly applies to the rest of the industry as well in terms of, you know, wanting the best and, and being able to trace some of those things back. Talk a little bit about the buy-in that you're getting from the rest of the industry partners that you guys work with on a daily basis in regards to sustainability efforts. Yeah, well, I, we've seen um, incredible demand for information, for um, knowledge, 
um, from the industry coming together. Um, this past year, uh, dur during COVID, we started a new sustainability committee to actually focus on these issues industry-wide. And um, our members run the gamut, right? We have you know, billion dollar corporations at the manufacturing level to um, smaller organizations. Um, and so within that sort of journey of sustainability, we're, you know, we've got members who are fully fledged, they're, they're rolling and rocking and rolling in, in their programs. And then we have members who really just want to get started, but they don't know how. And so that's where we've come in and have been able to play a role and to provide um, resources for our members who want to get started on this pathway to sustainability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about the four R's a couple of times here now, and, and Meg briefly touched on the definition, but that's really your forte there, Jenny, is talking about and communicating about the four R's and how to implement that nutrient stewardship strategy. Talk through that a little bit um, in regards to how those relate to sustainability and how you're helping producers to better apply those as best management practices. Sure. Yeah, I think if you um, talk to anybody from TFI, the four R's are going to tend to come up a lot when we're around. Um, it is really, uh, it's at the center of a lot of what we do. Um, so Meg beat me to the punch in the definition of the four R's, um, but it's really using the right fertilizer source at the right rate, at the right time, and in the right place. Um, and the initiative was started... I think like 12 years ago, it was definitely before my time, um, but really to just increase adoption of these best management practices. Um, you know, as we see increasing air and water quality um, challenges, this was the industry solution to that. And so from my perspective, it's been really um, good to be a part of an industry that's really looking to be a part of that solution. Mm -hmm. um, Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, you know, so you talked about some of the challenges. What are some of those EPA, USDA, next generation uh, fertilizer challenges that you're working on? Um, well, so within the environmental challenges, we do uh, with fertilizer application. Yeah, you do see some environmental challenges, whether it's um, loss of nutrients to the air or to the water. And so um, one way we've been able to to um, address that is through through the four R's and a key part of that is through using enhanced efficiency fertilizers. Um, and so we've seen growth and uptick in the use of EEFs over the last several years. Um, our sustainability report we put out last month shows that 20% of all fertilizers sold at the retail level um, is sold as an EEF. However, that uptick has kind of plateaued. So we're seeing that there are increasing opportunities for new innovations. So we've really we've worked with USDA and EPA over the last year in sponsoring the Next Gen Fertilizer Challenge. Um, and this was an effort to accelerate the development and adoption of new technologies. And these technologies are so important as we look at the sustainable application of fertilizer. How can we best keep fertilizer in the soil? Um, these products control fertilizer release, or they can alter the reactions that increase nutrient uptake by the plant and therefore reducing those losses to the environment. Um, so within this next gen fertilizer challenge, there's two phases to it. 
the first one, which we just announced um, the winners, and I'm happy to say several TFI members were included in that list. Um, these were products that are either on the market or are coming to market soon. Um, and they will, they're the ones who were selected are now going into uh, greenhouse trials um, to evaluate their effectiveness, um, their, their agronomic environmental um, performance. The second challenge um, I think will be really exciting um, once we um, see where it goes. They have not announced those winners yet, but um, this one is identifying novel and pre-market technologies for fertilizers um, that then reduce those environmental effects. So these are products we haven't seen before, um, products we haven't heard about. I just, I think it'll be um, really interesting to see what new innovations the the industry and others will come up with through this challenge and then the potential impact they'll have on crop production. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that will be very interesting to see. There's no innovators like the farming community innovators. So that'll be very exciting to see some of the things that they bring forward. You know, you mentioned keeping fertilizers in the soil and, and at the, the base of the roots where the plants need them. Let's talk a little bit more about that and how data collection plays a role in that. So how does data influence a grower's ability to better manage their fertilizer applications and keep those nutrients where their plants can, can um, access those? Yeah, I think data collection, um, it's key to any management plan. I think it is the main pillar within a 4R management plan. Um, technology is only going to be playing a bigger and bigger role in farm management, but the key to this technology is going to be data. Um, so the more information we know about soil fertility levels, past yields, um, the better a farmer can plan for the next crop. Um, and when you throw in how you can use this in real time, it makes making those 4R decisions in the field even easier. Um, and then the more we can streamline our data systems, the better we can implement 4R practices. And we see this time and time again with our 4R advocates. And, um, it's incredible when we can go out onto their farms and look at um, the, just the data that they can pull up for us. And, and we've been working closely with um, a group that we call the 4R Advocates um, over the last several years um, within a campaign we're calling the 4R Farming Campaign, um, which was really an effort to increase awareness of 4Rs amongst farmers. Um, we did some research in 2017 where we saw that there was um, huge awareness among ag retailers about the four R's, um, like 90 plus percent, but among farmers, it was only hovering around 26%. And so that's a huge gap to, to bridge. Um, and for us, four R's are such an important part of our advocacy work. We need everyone to be speaking the same language and just, it makes our job so much easier. So we started, um, looking at the data that farmers have on their fields um, and trying to calculate the cost of implementation among uh, for adopting for our practices. We knew that for farmers to make a practice change, all that really matters is the bottom line, right? Like if, if it's not good economically, it's, 
it's not going to work. It's not actually sustainable. Well, um, yeah, profitability is an important part of the sustainability model yeah, for any industry. Yeah, it's the of the three pillars. It's uh, equal weight, and so we um, we've developed some economic case studies, um, and they're all available on our, our website for our farming.org, um, where we can show a farmer who um, has moved from a very basic management system of uh, for our management system to advanced their cost per acre of implementation has decreased um and uh, just off the top of my head um when we look at the the corn um, production systems that we've looked at in in this website um the cost average 37 dollars per acre in savings um, and then across that, it ranges anywhere from $10 to $101 um, per acre that farmers are saving as they increase from a basic to advanced system. So uh, all, all of that hinges on data. It's really the backbone of making all of these decisions on your field, starting with your soil test, getting your, your yield maps, um, just knowing what's happening in your soils. Great. Well, Meg, you referenced AGI is is also focused on data, um, SureTrack, Farm Mobile. What are some of the th- the advantages of a connected farm, and how do those two platforms help to facilitate that? There are four main advantages of a connected farm, and that includes farmers being able to monitor their grain from the safety of their living room, rather than physically climbing into the bins, which everybody loves that, and Number two, allows farmers to condition the grain in their bins in order to avoid spoilage. Three, it can enable farmers to reduce energy consumption by automating conditioning of their grain. And number four, we recent part, we had a recent partnership with TrueTerra, which is a division of Lando Lakes, which allows farmers to measure their sustainability practices and environmental stewardship. So we realized the importance of incorporating technology across the entire product line, and we are ensuring a future where all AGI equipment is SureTrack ready and can be watched and operated from your phone. Yeah, well, data is certainly not going away anytime soon, and I think the more data we can can gather and interpret, meaningfully interpret, it's just going to be an, an advantage for everyone involved in the industry and, and really in the value chain, you know, all the way down to the consumer. So exciting things going on for sure. So, Ginny, back to you here this morning, you know, in your communications outreach, how often do you and your team find yourselves um, helping farmers to find value in plugging in additional ag professionals to the equation? Um, You know, whether that be an agronomist or, you know, another NGO that can help them through things. There's a lot to this. Um, It's not as simple as just buying fertilizer and putting it down. We all know that. Um, How important are those additional professionals to a strategy plan? Yeah, honestly, uh, we cannot overstate the value of retailers and ag professionals enough. Um, For most farmers, the four four hours rely on those recommendations from their ag professionals. Um, They have those data handling capabilities. They've got the education and the expertise that can help farmers make decisions. Um, And as I talked about those four R advocates earlier, um, those are actually pairs. So we have a farmer paired up with their um, ag professional, whether that's a CCA, 
um, or just um, the professional working at their local fertilizer retailer, who a lot of times is certified, um, is a certified crop advisor. Um, just to get those on farm um, sustainability and, and carbon um, decisions made, um, we just see a growing need for expertise around those around those topics. Um, our professionals are providing advice on environmental decisions, and they provide value when making um, decisions on your on-farm input. Um, and then from our research in 2017 that I referenced earlier, um, we also asked where do farmers get their information? And overwhelmingly, it was their ag professional, their crop advisor. That is their trusted source of information. Um, these are highly critical roles um, within uh, farming operations. Um, and I'll just add, you know, our sustainability report, we, we do track sort of um, how many professionals are out there. Um, within our members, we saw last year, there are 5,000 um, ag professionals employed um, by our members. And so there's a growing demand and there's a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Meg, same question. You know, you mentioned Truterra and, and AGI being a member of that. Um, I know AGI is also a member of AgVisor Pro and the team really prides itself on being that trusted ag advisor. Talk through a little bit about the value that your team provides in helping retailers with their customers. ATI gives its customers a highly educated and trained sales and engineering team that provides the retailer appropriate equipment layouts um, or automation needs based on the grower's request and what they're looking for. Um, For example, um, I know you touched on more of the kind of automation and farm detail there, but our wide range of capabilities on the dry material handling side um, we have equipment where we can add powders, liquid additives to maximize on the farmer's yields and best practices when growing their crops. So being able to bring um, the liquid and dry additives to the blending side of their business, the retailer to give to the farmer, that's, that's a huge advantage for us. Mm-hmm. A huge advantage for your team, but an even bigger advantage for the the customers that you're serving, you know, because they're really finding the value in, in um, better efficiency. So as we look at wrapping up here this morning, just like we do every week, uh, Meg, any final thoughts to send us out here? Yes. Uh, thank you for having me today. Um, AGI's sustainability path moving forward. I just want to touch on that kind of vision. And what we're looking at is exceeding customers' expectations, enhancing governance and risk management, ensuring people's well-being, and sustainability manufacturing. Those are the four kind of pillars that we're looking at as we develop our sustainability plan. And those four pillars provide the foundation to address the diversity of our expanding businesses. And we prioritize a two-way dialogue with our stakeholders and continue to work um, and welcome guidance and feedback as we journey down that path. And Laura, thank you for having me and Jenny. I really enjoyed our discussion. And if anybody has questions or would like to reach out to us, please email us at sustainability at with questions or comments. Thank you.
All right. Thanks, Meg, for that. Jenny, same question. I know your workload there at TFI is never decreasing. <laughs> no, no. Um, I'd also just like to say thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Today. Thanks for joining. That was a great conversation. And, you know, I'll just bring it back to um, the fact we celebrated Earth Day yesterday. Um, and I think I write this in a tweet every year, but for us, it's always Earth Day in our industry. Um, whether it's our members in the manufacturing sector, the wholesaling, wholesaler and blending to retailers, it's critical across the board that we care for our soil. Um, and it brought to mind a quote from one of our four advocates, Kyle Lake. He works with a member of our CHS in central Illinois. And um, we were out at their um, facilities, oh, several years ago, we were doing a video. Um, and he, he just provided a really great quote that um, has stuck with me. And he said, um, the land is what we need to survive and the soil that we farm, it's not made every day. And I think that just exemplifies our approach to the soil. We can't replace it. So all of us in the industry have to work hard every day to make sure that we're keeping it working for generations to come. Um, so for us, sustainability um, is key. It's a priority and it has to be a focus as we move forward. Well, Jenny, I don't think I could wrap things up any better than that. That, that. You're right. That's a fantastic quote to reciprocate that. Thanks. Thank you both for taking the time to join me here this morning and talk about why sustainability is such an important part of the fertilizer industry. Brian, I think we're ready to hand things back to you. Thanks for joining us for AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. Connect with us on the web at agisuretrackcommunity.com.